Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that explores God's Word while enjoying the fruits of God's creation. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 146 of the Beers of Bible podcast. I am Michael. And I am Anthony. And it is fantastic to have another week to sit down and drink a little bit of beer, talk about the Bible. And it's a different night for us. It's not our normal recording night. It is Saturday. It is Saturday. We usually record on Thursdays, but uh, we had a something else come up on Thursday this past week, which... Um, will eventually be revealed, I guess. <laughs> yes, that, that the- we so we interviewed, uh, we were interviewing with a couple of other uh guys on another podcast, and that will come out. Um, I think uh, the week after, maybe two weeks after this episode airs, yeah. So you'll either, hear more about either that. a week, either a week or two weeks after this one comes yep. out. So, but yeah, we're happy to be with you tonight, and um. Anthony, I know we just saw each other on Thursday when we recorded with those guys, but how's how's the last couple of days been for you? Man, it's been uh it's been a busy week uh for us. It's been work has been just crazy. You know, it was one of those weeks where like every day was really busy. So Friday, if I have a really busy week, I'll try to like knock off a little bit early on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sweet, I've only got a few things to do. So I'm gonna go in, get those things done roll out about 1 32 o'clock well at 4 45 i was like y'all i've got to go <laughs> yep. so ended up being one of those fridays but i mean it's a it's a good week it's a good problem to have so yeah you know that's where we are how about you guys same boat we've had a couple of big projects that we're trying to get wrapped up at work and um this week was like one of the deadline like one of the projects had a deadline of mm-hmm. friday um and we didn't we didn't make it, so um, <laughs> I'll have to go back and <laughs> uh, totally miss that deadline, and have to, have to wrap that up. But it's okay. It's it's. I mean, it's just the nature of the business. But um, yes, yes, it is. The things are good. Just staying busy and um, enjoying um, just enjoying the beautiful. Like the weather's been great this week. Mm-hmm. Um, those really crisp mornings with the like cool and breezy afternoons are really nice. Um. It's it's as if upset is in the air. Oh wait! <laughs> Did you try to make a like a up dog joke? <laughs> no upset. Like uh, so, yeah. today is Saturday, and yeah. uh, Michael is a Tennessee fan, and you'll know what Saturday what happened on Saturday when this airs on Friday, the week after. Um, Tennessee did take down the evil empire, um, and Nick Satan. I mean Saban. <laughs> My uh, my phone did autocorrect Saban to Satan once when nice. I was texting at some point today. It was great. You talk about uh, up ups and downs throughout yeah. that game. My heart stopped about thirteen times. Um, at one at one point, I thought Tennessee was going to run away with it, and then I was like, "Oh no, no, Tennessee's going to give it back to Alabama." And then they 
fought back. Yep. I was like, good, good on you guys, man. Yep. You guys fought hard. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it'll be. Uh, <laughs> next week will be a well-deserved cupcake game. So, yes. Yes. Um. Anyway, enough about that. We don't talk about college football. We could. We could have a <laughs> second <laughs> podcast just talking about Tennessee and Georgia football. We could do a midweek um, episode if we had would- enough time. <laughs> If we had time in our schedules to account for that, we, we it would have to be like a 20 minute thing. Like we would have to be like, all right, there's what we're doing and we're done. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but I really, I really think we could do like a, that would be fun to try to do something like that. Yes, at some it would. point, Maybe next year. It used to be Georgia's slogan. Now it's Tennessee's. Okay. So <laughs> um, tonight uh, we're going to uh, drink some beer and continue our study in Psalms. No, not our study in Psalms or Psalm throughout the whole Bible. My 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 brain is like emotionally spent from the last four hours. Um so it just it feels like it's a study in Psalms because it's multiple weeks. So we're yeah. in um we're gonna tackle a, a, another section of Psalms tonight. But first we're gonna do our beer review. So Anthony, why don't you tell our listeners what you are drinking? So tonight I have from the Urban Artifact Brewery in Columbus, Ohio is where they are. Um, I have the Squeeze Box Strawberry Midwest Fruit Tart is what this is called. And I'm assuming it's a Midwest Fruit Tart because they're in the Midwest. Um, But uh, this beer has been scrubbed from their website, so I'm not sure anything about it. Um, But here's what it says on the can. It says Squeeze Box creates... Sound by passing air across uh, metal reeds via their central bellows. This is just about an accordion. I have no idea why this is about an accordion on the beer. I'm not reading that. It's a strawberry tart. And the one fact that I found out about Squeezebox was they make it with 300 pounds of strawberries. So I'm assuming this is going to be a pretty strong strawberry flavor. Um, It comes in at 8.6 ABV. And... That's it. It is a strawberry uh, fruit tart. So there couldn't it is. Squeeze, the squeeze box. box. Couldn't squeeze box be another name for an accordion? I mean, that is what you call an accordion. It's called a squeeze box. Okay. Well, there you go. I've never heard it. It's called that. Oh, but it okay. makes sense to me. But I'm not sure. Like, I mean, if they named it squeeze box after an accordion because like they squeeze so many pounds of strawberries into it, like at least put that on the can. Don't just give a history of a, of an accordion on your can. I don't know. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> what do you have for tonight? So tonight I have the second beer from Monday Night Brewing based in Atlanta, Georgia, that we've done on the podcast. Mm. I have the Dr. Robot Blackberry Lemon Sour, and it is actually on their website at mondaynightbrewing.com. Um, this is a the website describes it as a tarty as a tart, fruity, sour beer. Dr. Robot is as playful as its name. After souring to a delightfully tart level, we add blackberry juice and lemon zest to enhance and imbalance the flavor. The juice gives this beer a pink hue. The perfect blend of sweet and sour Dr. Robot is a refreshing year-round sipper. Nice. Uh, 5% ABV, 7 IBUs. Um, and... Oh, I thought this was taking me to uh, like a specific they had a merch button on the on the thing uh-huh and i thought it was taking me to dr robot specific merch but it's just like all of their merch so at a uh, monday night brewing we reviewed what was that I've, i think i've done the, one dr- we we both did the drafty kilt scotch right. ale yep back 
Um, That was a long time ago. It's been probably a year, at least close to a year. So, but Dr. Robot Blackberry Lemon Sour. That's what I have. Nice. So we got a couple of tarts, a tart and a sour tonight. Fruity flavors going on. There's only one way to find out if these are any good. and That's to crack them open. So let's do it. Let's go. Here we go. Three, two, one. Crack. This smells like a sour from the beginning. Whoa. This thing looks like a milkshake. That's pretty cool. Maybe that's the 300 pounds of strawberries in there. Mine has also got like a very cool color. Let me show that to you. This looks like. Oh, that looks like. Yep. It looks like cranberry juice is what it looks like. A little bit. It has that smell (laughs) a little bit. I do like blackberries though. So, um, so we have a a text group with some friends of ours, Anthony and I do, mm-hmm. and uh, all throughout the Tennessee game today, or after the game was over, um, one of the guys said we may need to check Michael for alcohol poisoning. <laughs> and Anthony, you'll be proud to know I have had one beer today. One beer, man. Mm-hmm. Knowing I- that we were going to be recording tonight. <laughs> So I'm not sure how you will, made it through that game with one beer. <laughs> well, I, I don't. I think I had that beer before the game started. Oh man! And it was a 12 ounce. It wasn't even like a. It wasn't a tall boy or nothing. Oh, man, was it strong? Like was it like a 10 percent or something at least? No, it was the Yingling. It was just a regular Yingling. Um, so knowing that we were recording tonight, and knowing I needed to probably pace myself i just said you know what i'll just hold off until after we're done recording after we're done recording though <laughs> all bets are off <laughs> so uh, oh, my oh, beer man. my beer does look like cranberry juice and now that you say that it has almost a hint of cranberry smell smell yeah what's well, it, it was, so it's blackberries and what lemon lemon mm. that could get i mean that could that could be very cranberry ish well, this thing smells really good. Mine has no foam. Yours still has foam. Yes, it does. So, well, well, let's turn them up. Let's go. Cheers. Cheers. I don't know what to think about that. I know what to think about mine. You are you thinking five Luthers for yours? I am. <laughs> That's a five Luther beer for me. Um, the blackberry and the lemon complement each other perfectly Mm -hmm. it's a traditional sour it's got that um just that like very generic sour flavor you know Mm -hmm. but it's like it's perfectly balanced between the fruit and that um it is refreshing it's light um i mean i'll give that five liters nice well, usually we have like a much we usually have a much bigger like <laughs> wow that was so good <laughs> or that was interesting yeah what do you mean by interesting <laughs> yeah no. so this strawberry is I don't I don't know like I definitely get strawberry flavor but it has some kind of weird flavor mixed in with the strawberry mm-hmm there's something else in there. 
I don't know. Maybe it's just this, the way this tart is. Because so one of the reasons I don't like sours most of the time is because they leave this like weird bitter aftertaste to me. And that's what I'm getting with this one. And I thought just because it was a tart that maybe it wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But this is more to me. This is more like a sour that I don't like than a sour that I do like. Mm. You know, some sour, especially the fruity sours, have grown on me a little bit. This one, not so much. Um, I mean, it's good, but it's not great. Um, you you know, all right. Do you remember the strawberry letter twenty mm-hmm. three? It it kind of reminds me of that. Like it's just a. It's just an okay strawberry flavor. Like if you get a strawberry before it's too ripe, there's there's that like weird, it tastes like a strawberry, but it's kind of got that bitter mm-hmm. bitterness in it. And if you get a strawberry that's overripe, then it gets a little bit too sweet and it loses some of its tartiness. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this if I feel like if they crammed 300 pounds of strawberries into this, they picked 300 pounds of strawberries before they were ripe enough and put those in the beer gotcha it's just not quite strawberry ish enough they should have waited they should have waited the strawberries weren't ripe enough to me that's Mm -hmm. what it tastes like so okay because of that it's points off because of that and i'm gonna have to give you i'll give you three losers it's a three wow dang it's not quite three and a half because three and a half to me are good uh, they just may not, they may not be what I like. This one is like, I can definitely get the strawberries, but I feel like you didn't know that your strawberries were not in season yet. Mm. And since, okay. you know, I live right down the street from a city that celebrates the strawberry festival. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty, pretty well versed in what good strawberries are. I, I think, I think, you know, it's like yeah. being from Georgia, you know what good peaches are. In theory, so. yes. It's <laughs> the way it's supposed to work. So yeah. it's it's good, but it's just not it's eh, it's you know, just not 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 that good. I gotcha. So I'm looking back. I just gave the my third five Luther beer since the moon pie stout. We have been we've both been a little stingy with the fives. Mm-hmm. Especially recently. Yeah. Well, and then we also took the like several weeks to do the big box thing. So True okay. That. Anyway, so squeeze box from Urban Artifact getting three out of five Luthers from Anthony, mm-hmm. and the Doctor Robot Sour from Monday Night Brewing getting five out of five Luthers. Good job. Good me. job. Monday night. Yeah, Monday night. That was uh, I believe they. I want to say the other thing got four Luthers from both of us. Mm-hmm. I remember it, and it was good. Yeah, because I drank all of them, but one I still have one in my fridge. <laughs> There's a lot of that going around for you. There is a lot of that. I have a I have one of a lot of things still in my fridge. This is just like a you don't want to get rid of them thing, or like you just haven't taken the time to get rid of them. Probably a little bit of both. Um, they're That's in my fair. outside fridge, so I don't see them, and I forget about them. Mm. And then I go out there to like put beer in there, and I'm like, oh yeah, I have those. I should get one of those out. And then I'm like, I don't. And yep. mm-hmm. then it yep. sits out there for another week. <laughs> I hear you. So my beer fridge is upstairs in my office, which is away from the main fridge downstairs. Mm-hmm. And so I will go 
you know, three, four, five days before, you know, without coming up here and I open the fridge, I'm like, oh, I have got uh that cream ale still. I've got one oh, of yeah. those or, <laughs> you know, whatever. So but I don't know if putting it anywhere else in the house would help me at all. I don't know. It doesn't help me. <laughs> anyway. Anywho. Well, there is a couple of beers uh, reviewed up. The Strawberry Tart from Urban Artifact. The Blackberry Lemon from Monday Night. Snagging that 5 Luther rating. Mm-hmm. So hang out for just a minute. We're going to take a quick musical break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to work through books two and three of songs tonight. So stick around, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Beers and Bible Podcast. We are continuing our book-by-book discussion, fly-through, fly-over of the Bible. And we are in, what is this, the third week of Psalms that we've been? We did a week of of setup. Book one was last week. Now we're doing books two and three of Mm -hmm. Psalms, which is broken up into five books. Um, Yeah. If you, if you missed that, go back and listen to our episode a couple back where we set up the whole thing. So um, so tonight we're going to do books two and three, and we're going to jump right into it, um, much like we did last week when we mm-hmm. jumped into book one. So <laughs> no need to set up because we've already did that two weeks ago. So uh, book two uh, features the relationship between God and the nation of Israel mm-hmm. through uh, Zion. Um when we see Zion throughout, especially the Psalms, think promised mm-hmm. land. Yeah. Um, and then also um, uh, Temple and King are in there as well. I'll try to figure out how to tie that back <laughs> in because that didn't make sense in the notes, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I shorthanded the notes this week. <laughs> it's okay. So, um, so book two features talks a lot about the relationship between God mm-hmm. and Israel, the promised land, the temple, and the king. Um, yes. And it starts and ends with uh, prayers and a royal psalm. Um, first four chapters of psalm, of uh, of book two, Psalm 42 through 45, we see the three prayers and the royal psalm. Um, the prayers in the first three psalms show the longing to be in the promised land. Mm-hmm. There are appeals to Israel's history and their covenant loyalty, pointing back to um, where they've come from and that they've been loyal to the covenant, so on and so forth. Um, And then the royal psalm celebrates the king's wedding. Kind of seems like an interesting place for that, (laughs) but okay. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, so this Go. part of this part of Psalms is fun because it kind of it's this is where you get a lot of the randomness. Um you can have 
psalms that that are about a certain thing or about a certain time period and they they may not be in any kind of chronological order or um anything like that like we're going to get to psalm 51 here in a, in a little bit and i mean that was when nathan confronted david about david and bathsheba and so i mean that goes back to obviously when they were still in the promised land but a lot of this stuff is written remember after they've been out of the problem, they've been basically kicked out of the promised land again, which is you hear that longing to be in the promised land and in, in a lot of these. Um, and, and, uh, some of them, so that's the exilic period. And then you have some Psalms that go into even the post exilic period, which is the, the time after it's probably like 400 ish when they're quasi back in, um, the, the promised land, or at least in the area, but there's silence from God, and and so there's that whole time period. We're going to get to that when we get to the prophets. So I don't want to I don't want to belabor that too much. But after we have these these opening three prayers, the royal psalm, the royal psalm obviously focuses on the king, um, and and then you get uh, chapters forty six, Psalms forty six through forty eight, um, is really a celebration of what they want Zion to be. Um, you have a celebratory. I guess nature or attitude of the security that God gives his people when they're in Zion. So they acknowledge the protection of God there. And then because of that, they acknowledge his kingship over all the earth. Um, they also celebrate the palace. Um, remember that was built by Solomon. That was David's son. Um, and it's tied to the Davidic dynasty. Um, and so the psalmist is remembering and remember a lot of these, I, I think I just said this, but a lot of these are written in this exilic and post-exilic period. So this is years after mm -hmm. David and Solomon. So it's, it's, they're looking back onto it and writing this Psalm, these hymns, these songs that mm -hmm. are, and kind of a sidebar here. I think it's interesting that you have a lot of Psalms like this, especially in books two and three, where songs are written and a lot of times, and even the songs that mean the most to us are written about something that happened, um, you know, an actual event or something. And it's and it's a way of remembering that thing that happened. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I guess you could say it. we don't necessarily do that so much now because, number one, America is not in a theocratic relationship with God that, you know, we're not a theocracy as America. And so we don't you know, as a nation, we don't necessarily write Psalms back to God, but as a church, we do. And, you know, I, I think if I look back at songs that have been popular over the last 15, 20 years, they're songs that really kind of hit on a major theme of scripture. Um, and, and so, whereas in the psalmist day, you would have songs that are written maybe about a specific event, but they they recall something that they need to remember. Now we're looking and and we're looking at writing songs about God's character and about who he is. And so see that parallel there as we read through some of these psalms and as we talk through some of these psalms, because there is a way that church today can sing songs and remember who God is and remind us who God is. And that's a lot of what these Psalms were doing. So mm -hmm. just kind of talk, keep that circling in the back of your mind as we're walking through some of these Psalms, how, how would they have read it? And then how can we understand that in a modern context of praise and worship today in the church? 
sidebar. There we go. Um, but that's 46 through 48. Let's uh let's keep moving through uh Psalm 49. Yeah. So the next four chapters of Psalms have uh or show us the proper stance to have before God. Um echoes of God's rule from Zion, from the promised land. And really the these five chapter these five chapters um describe a few things of either things we should do or should not do. Mm-hmm. Um in Psalm 49, we see that we should trust God with wealth. Um in Psalm 50, we see that we should be bringing um or how we should bring sacrifices based mm-hmm. on our covenant loyalty and how we should not. Um uh and then in Psalm 51 says how we uh, should have a pen penitent spirit mm-hmm. uh anthony just talked about how psalm 51 was um the psalm that david i want to make sure i get this right so what is one uh oh gosh what's his name david and bathsheba it's yeah, when david, nathan confronts nathan nathan yeah. confronts <laughs> david about his sin with bathsheba yeah um you just said that and i already <laughs> forgot it so um and then in uh, psalm 52 we see that god rejects the wicked and in Psalm 53, we see um, folly exposed mm-hmm. in man. Yep. And tie Psalm 53 back to Psalm 14. You know, the foolish man says in his heart, mm-hmm. yeah. there is no God. Um, a lot of these Psalms are going to be related. Yep. And so those five chapters set us up for the next six, um, which I seem to always get. Uh, we have six more <laughs> laments. We're, we're crying out. It's terrible. Life is awful. Um, we're Michael and I are also sad, so we're gonna isogete here for just a second. Uh, Michael and I are sad because the Braves have been uh booted from the postseason, and so we are in a series of lament, and it's terrible. And um, we did not do all things through reverse taken out of context, it failed us. Um, and so anyway, there's I'm in a, I'm in a really weird place because like <laughs> Tennessee beat a team they hadn't beaten 15 years, so. That's true. On the same day that the Braves got eliminated from the oh, playoffs. So <laughs> see, it's God just trying to keep you balanced. That's what you it can't is. have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> oh Lord, our eisegesis is strong tonight. Anyway, <laughs> so we're gonna get through these six laments, and a lot of these are these all six of these chapters are really kind of the same, and they they recapitulate a lot of the same ideas. Um, they assume the king's presence. Uh, they're in Israel, and then they assume God's presence specifically in Jerusalem. And remember, God's presence being in Jerusalem is a sign of, for the people, it's a sign of success. Because if God's presence leaves them, they they're they're clearly doing something wrong. You know, remember when they came in? Think back to Exodus. They came into the Promised Land, and God says, "I'm going to go ahead of you." I'm going to deliver what I told you I was going to deliver, but I'm not going to be among you. And that caused great mourning among the people. Yeah, because their whole identity was in God's presence being with them. That's right. That's right. And and so because God wasn't with them, that led to a state of, of repentance, which is a lot of times where we find ourselves when we're in a season of lament. We're in a season of repentance. Um, but this gives us uh wisdom here about how the enemies were going to attack them. It gives uh, wisdom about how they should deal with words against them, lies, slander, things like that. And, you know, it's interesting that that in these chapters you read and you'll find out how you're supposed to deal with things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times it's not what 
the modern day wisdom would tell us to do. It's not, you know, when someone says something wrong about you that you like go on the defensive and attack them and, and berate them back for speaking lies about, you No, it's, it's, you let God fight your battles for you. Mm-hmm. You let God take care of that because they're your enemies. So therefore they're his enemies because you're a child of God. And so it's, it's a, it's a, great application for Christians today who think that when we are attacked with words or something that is wrongly attributed to Christians, that we have to yell and scream and raise our fists and and yell back at people. And, and that's not always the case because remember that God is the one who fights our battles for us. And when we let God fight our battles, then God gets to take the victory for the battles that mm-hmm. he fought and he won. So that Michael W. Smith song, This Is How I Fight My Battles, isn't... isn't <laughs> I may a, or may not have a theological issue with that that song. But to I be ha- fair... I have, a, I, have a, I have a lot of issues with that song. But to be fair, the the what he's saying is, This Is How I Fight My Battles, is in an attitude of prayer. Like, prayer is how I fight my battles, which I'm not opposed to. So Yeah. So, I'll at least give him that much credit. But yeah, I think that song is stupid. Anyway... <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but we may have finally got an answer on how we fight our battles. That's true. We fight our battles by letting God fight our battles. Yep. Um, so take us through uh, Psalm 60 and up to 64. So we have five prayers here. Um, we've come out of a major section of lament, but we're still going to have some. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, these these five chapters are still focused around God's presence in the nation. Um, we see both community limits mm-hmm. and individual limits and um ultimately these prayers look to god for um deliverance from their enemies but anthony was just talking about how we fight our battles <laughs> how we fight our battles <laughs> oh man good times so it's getting rich tonight um, yes it is so then we make it to psalm 65 um and finally i get to do some good chapters um, this is the central focus here. 65 through 68 really comes into and brings in the focus of what book two is about, um, which is the praise for God's awesome deeds and his presence. And so they're celebrating God's presence being back kind of in their midst. Uh, they're celebrating God's works on the earth um, and specifically with Israel. And then in Psalm 68, we see a celebration uh, of God as the ultimate king over all of heaven and all of earth. And so you see Psalm 68 has a underpinning of the sovereignty of God kind of in there and, and celebrating God as the, as the ruler over all things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that brings us, that kind of sets up and leads us into the last four chapters of book two. So take us through those. So those, this is going to be much like the first four chapters. We're going to have three three prayers and a royal psalm, um, much like the beginning of book two. Um, when you read Psalm 72, um, you, could, you really could read it in conjunction with Psalm 68 mm-hmm. um, as a reflection of Psalm 2. Um, and then this will join together with the ending of book three. So we're getting everything kind of woven all together through these books um, in Psalms, almost like there is a a spirit guiding the authors. Um, So let's get into book three. 
That was like, we flew through that. That was, I'm impressed. I hope we did it justice, but I'm not sure. So can't believe we did that that fast. Book three. Let's roll. So book three is only, it's short. It's like the shortest book in, in uh, all of the Psalms. Uh, 73 through 89 encompasses all of book three. And these are, a lot of these are exilic and post-exilic laments. So 70s, the 70s, 80s are a, a really, a, What's the word I'm looking for? I can't even think of the word I'm looking for. A compact, all of it is like right here. Um, when when we talk about things like imprecatory psalms, um, a lot of those are right in this little section. And it's going to set up book four, which contains a lot of praise psalms, mm-hmm. and book five, which contains even more. Yeah. And so you have this like, it's almost like this is the storm before the calm. You know, like like if Psalm 73 through 89 are the storm, then 90 through 150 is kind of like the calm after the storm. You the storm is passing you and you just kind of see all the good things that came. Um so anyway, short, short little plug there. But 73 through 78, we we are gonna have this repetition of this theme as we walk through this, but we see the rejection and hope uh for Zion. And remember, we're reading Zion as as the place where God dwells. So we're They're looking for it in Jerusalem, the promised land. That's where they're looking for it Uh, in this time period. That's what they're reading. It's not necessarily what we read now, but it's it's what what they read back then. And so um, wisdom kind of opens up the book three and you see. You see here a success for wicked people. And and this is one of those things that has always perplexed Christians is, you know, why do evil people succeed? Why are they successful? Well, they're successful because God allows them to be successful and it's ultimately going to be for his glory. Let me tell you where, where wicked people are not successful. They're not successful standing before the judgment seat of God. Mm-hmm. And so I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how successful. I don't care how famous you are on this earth. All of that is going to be washed away as if it were dust when you stand before a holy God. And he says, all right, tell me why I should let you into heaven. And you go, because I was rich and famous. And he's like, yeah, I don't really care about that. And that even bothered Israel. And it bothers us today, but it bothered Israel. But you see here a wisdom on how to deal with that kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. And... um. Chapter 74 and 77 specifically really set up the basic question of what we're going to see all the way through uh, book three, which is why have you rejected us? It's Israel crying out. And then uh, how long until you until you basically stop rejecting us? Um, you know, it's again, it's it's this period where God pulls his spirit from them. And when he anytime he does that, they immediately turn into a um whiny little second grader who's like, I want my toys back. It's like you take a toy away from a kid and and that's, you know, that's what they want. And so it's, we're going to see Israel react a certain way in these Psalms. And because of that, it gives us as Christians a way that we can properly lament. We can properly look at the bad things that happen in our life. It, it's a mm-hmm. way that we can deal with what we call the problem of evil, bad things happening. Or the, the big question, why do bad things happen to good people? You know, and, and the question, the better question to me is why does God allow anything to happen to bad people? Because anything good to happen to bad people, because 
The Bible says we're all bad. Right. Nobody's nobody's good. <laughs> yeah, there's no such thing as a good person. So yeah. we're going to see that all the way through these, but take us through the next set there, 79 through 83. So it's just a like a repeat of the first five of the book. Um, we see more of the, it's a rejection and hope for Zion again. Um, continues the theme of how long will God reject us? How, why has God rejected his people? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see the psalmist here telling why Israel has fallen, giving reason for um, their demise and their and their fall. Um, you know, we see the fall of the the, the, the fall of the Davidic dynasty, mm-hmm. and uh, and mm-hmm. then the divided kingdom that comes from that. So. Um, it's a you know it's interesting to me the cycles of scripture yeah like how often it's like you could be in two different like these are back to back like these 10 chapters are right back to back so it's like you see that like right there but you could be in different parts of the scripture and be like i feel like i've read this before but it's not the same exact (laughs) thing like i know how it's going to end because it's following a pattern yeah but at the same time it's like different characters different people different time Mm -hmm. um I don't know. To me, to me, like the just the ebbs and flow of scripture are like um it's just interesting to me. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if that Deuteronomic cycle that we've been talking about continues to happen. And in a way, it still happens today, even with the church. Oh yeah. I, I could totally see like even uh, forget about like the church, look at like an individual level. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, how often in our lives have we been like, God, we're going to worship you. We're going to, like, follow you. We're going to listen to you. And things are going great. And then something bad happens. And you're like, well, what's going on? And then you start, like, <laughs> pulling away from God a little bit. And then you realize that you need to get back right and get back into community with God. And then you get back in relationship with him. And things are good. Like, like I feel like that cycle happens at the individual level, like it, it happens for me. I'll be, I'll yeah. be like just bluntly honest. Like it happens for me all the time. Oh yeah. So like just seeing that cycle in the old Testament and knowing that it's still happening today is <laughs> not rewarding. What's the word? Like comforting, yeah. like, like good to know that like <laughs> I, I haven't got together, but neither did these people who literally like, some of them heard God like audibly speak. <laughs> yeah. And they still messed it up. <laughs> yeah. They still screwed it up. So I don't know. It's just not justifying failure by any stretch of the imagination, no. but at the same time, like, okay, it's, it's not that it's not the end of the world when yeah. you do fail. It's comforting to know that you can mess up and God still has mercy. Yep. And you can see that all the way through the old Testament and through the people of Israel, uh, that God would still have mercy on a people who, are supposed to be in covenant relationship with him, but fail time and time and time and time and time again. So, mm-hmm. yep. But uh, those those chapters set up really the end of book three, which is uh, Psalm eighty four through eighty nine, which leaves us on a very high note of the demise of Israel. Uh, we really get to see the falling. Uh, you set it up, the fall of the Davidic dynasty which ends up leading to the divided kingdom. And if you remember our discussion on the Kings and the Chronicles, that was a really bad time. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it was just the divided kingdom was just a really bad time. 
And we have here, we really have two kind of sets of parallel parallel sets of scripture here, 84 through 86 and 87 through 89. They start with celebration each time, and then they kind of very quickly fall into darkness. And they ultimately tell us that Israel is not really in good standing with God. They have, they long for restoration. Um, and they're, they're sitting here left crying out, how long, oh God, um, when are you going to turn back to us? And and the reality is it's not that God has to turn back to them, but they have to turn back to God. Mm-hmm. And so um, that is going to be where we put it and we set it up and we're going to leave that right there as we dive into books four and five, maybe next week, maybe the next two weeks, we'll see how much we have to discuss as we work through those. Um, but yeah, that wraps up books two and three. And so... Yeah, we hope you enjoyed that. Yeah. I will say it is interesting how you said, like, it's the storm before the calm. Mm-hmm. Like, right there, it is definitely not good for Israel. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, everybody talks about the calm before the storm, and that is truth. But, and especially, so I live on the Gulf Coast. We've experienced a lot of hurricanes. I know in this time period, we have Hurricane Ian that just, just kind of, slammed the west coast of florida Mm -hmm. but i've lived through several hurricanes and i can tell you the best weather in that i can ever remember was always right after a hurricane passed through Mm -hmm. and so you have a storm and then typically for four uh, at least a week or or more a lot of times you have to a couple of weeks of just beautiful skies calm winds um, you know, and, and a lot of times it's, it's just, you, you sitting here going, I can't believe that just a couple of days ago, I was hunkered down in my bathtub thinking the roof was going to be pulled off my house. And now I'm walking outside and it's the most beautiful weather that I've ever seen. And, right. and so, you know, a lot of people say the calm before the storm. And I like to, because of my experience with hurricanes, I like to refer to it as the storm before the calm. Um, because a lot of times that's the way it works is a storm will come and then after the storm we get to see the calming of god's hand in our lives and him saying Mm -hmm. i've got you i took you through this you made it now watch how i work in the aftermath of this storm yeah so well there you go there's uh books two and three of psalms we hope you enjoyed that if you have any questions we'll give you some places where you can shoot us messages later uh but right now michael will you pray for us I would love to. Let's do it. God, thank you so much for um, who you are. Thank you for your word. Thank you for um, the opportunity that Anthony and I get to uh, sit here and discuss your word um, and share it with uh, other people who are just wanting to know more about you and know more about you and uh, who you are. And God, I just pray that you... uh, has spoken through us tonight. I pray that um, as we've gone through uh, these chapters and Psalms tonight, that we've um, that we've gotten out of the way and that we've been um, able to communicate what you wanted us to communicate tonight, God. I pray that the words that we've spoken have been exactly what you wanted other people to hear. Um, God, I pray that over the next few days and coming weeks that. Um, as others listen to this, that they see their need for you. They see their need for um, a savior. They see their need to 
be in right relationship with you. Um, God, I pray that people um, draw closer to you because of the conversations that we're having each and every week. Not because of us, but through us and by your grace and by your mercy, God. So, um, God, we just thank you for um, for all that you do, all that you're doing, and all that you will continue to do. And we just ask that you um, just continue to show up and show off in mighty ways. We love you, Jesus, and pray all these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Anthony, if our listeners wanted to find us, the, the Beers and Bible Podcast, on social media, mm-hmm. where would they do that? You can find us on social media at on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore, on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1, on the Facebooks or the Metaverse at Beers and Bible Podcast. Just search Beers and Bible Podcast. By the way, we're not in the metaverse. Um, so if you go there looking for us, sorry. Um, and you can email us. If you're old school, you can email us at beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. And we will be sure to uh, try to reply to you at those areas. So that's where you can reach us. For sure. For sure. So until next week, we want your beer to stay cold and your Bible to stay open. And we will see you later. Peace out. Peace out.